This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. That's right, everybody. In depth, we are back in the Ears Up newsroom. <laughs> to talk very serious, contemplative Disney news. With me, as always, is Jeremy from SpectroRadio.us. How are you doing, Jeremy? I'm contemplative. You are? I love yeah. it. I love we it. do it. kind of have contemplative stories today, though. We really do. There's a lot going on in the Disney sphere, the sphere, um, but then also not... Nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was very, very weird, man. It was a weird Disney news day, let me tell you, or Disney news week or whatever. Um, Hard... Because the things that I want to report on aren't a story. Do you know what I mean? Like yes, yesterday I, I was at Epcot and so I've been complaining about these fountain barges for, for months and months and months. They, yeah. they they turn them on during the day. It looks terrible. Well, yesterday they had them on and they must have added more fountain heads, like more nozzles. <laughs> okay. I love everyone it, loves an, an extra nozzle. A little more nozzles. Yeah. That is good. Yeah. And so the there is more water coming off of them now. Okay. It makes no difference. Like they still look terrible. But I was like, oh, okay, they're trying. Like they're, it, it, I can see what they're doing. Um, I mean, the, like, whole, the whole thing the story. is they're trying. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, then you would be just like everybody else, where it's like we have there are four new shapes of donuts, and we tried them all, and number four will turn your right foot into a left foot. You know, it's like that kind right. of stuff. Where it's like, oh, cool. Here's a new tumbler. Uh, Alert! Yeah. Breaking news. Brand new Tumblr, <laughs> Shanghai Disney. But I did listen to the earnings call in its entirety today. You did. As if I have nothing else to do besides listen to that. That's why you look very so. tired. Maybe that's why you have to. Maybe that's why you have to leave soon. Go yeah, rest. Go. <laughs> it's a tough listen that that call. Well, I've never <laughs> heard one. What do they? What, what do they? Yeah, I've never heard one because I always miss it. It's not that I don't want to. It's I never know when it is. But it's always posted. You could always listen back. It's not like it. It's not like it happens and vanishes. Just go to the site. What's yeah? But I guess that's what I mean. Like what site? The Walt Disney Company dot com investor relations. Oh, all right. So you go to it. It's like oh, like I went today and I, I was like a half hour early. It said check back. You know, five minutes before because they do it after the close of the market. So okay. four thirty Eastern, they do the call. Um, and it's just it's just uh, Bob Chapek and. Um, Oh, this other lady who's high up in the company, I can't remember. They just, they read stuff and they read it to you like it's a bedtime story. <laughs> like it's like they're, I don't understand. Like it's, I guess it's because they're supposed to be Disney, but like I, I've heard earnings calls before, but it's never like, and we're so excited that we have finally opened Harmonious this fall. And you're just like, this is a business. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very serious multi-billion dollar business. Yeah, it is. Everything's a bedtime story, but then, then they're wow. then they do take calls from like the financial analysts that could that dial in and they they probe them a bit more and ask more questions. But even then, it's a lot of I find, think it's a lot of softballs. Like mm, how sure. good? Like they're like, hi, this is a question from me. How good is Hulu? Well, they're like <laughs> very. Thank you for calling. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say they're, that I, if I had if I wanted to watch something, I could probably look on Disney Plus? 
<laughs> yes, you can, as a matter of fact. We have a, a, numerous offerings for you. Oh, okay, so it's like a streaming site. Got it. Okay, great. Yeah, but there there's some good info, and in, in fact, it helped me write my first story, so I did nice. get some, de- some details. Some deterinos. Uh, yeah, okay. clarified a few things. Well, I love it, Jeremy. You know, in fact, why don't you go ahead and start first, um, just because. Just because. Because you're nice Well, boy. Disney Parks and Resorts Division, which includes products and experiences, beat expectations. They just wrapped up the third quarter on July 31st. That's how they operate. Um, that was more, so they beat expectations. Um, in an earnings call that took place just hours ago, <laughs> Disney reported $356 million in operating profit from the Parks Division, beating what analysts in May had forecasted would be $120 million. Um, but had more recently lowered to uh, estimates of just 41 million. So not only did they beat the most recent estimates, which were even lower, because people thought that things were going the other way for Disney um, with the new COVID rises, uh, but they also beat even optimistic forecasts back in May when they were announcing the opening of Disneyland. Disney CEO Bob Chapek also said future reservations are above Q3 attendance levels. So they're gonna, they believe they're going to continue to see a rise in uh, resistance and still <laughs> confident about demand at the parks. Um, now there has been talk of cancellations uh, recently because of the rise in COVID, uh, but most of the cancellations they say they're seeing are coming from large groups and um, like business convention type uh, events mm. rather than, you know, individuals or families canceling their vacations. That's not really what it is. And, and okay. it is business travel is going to be, has been the last thing to recover. And it seems that that is playing out for Disney at their convention uh, spots. Nice. Uh, Disney, go ahead. I said you said nice. Nice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Disney is also feeling strong about consumer spend in parks post reopening, noting that consumer spending is still up significantly, even at the Walt Disney World Resort, which has been open for longer than a year now. So one of the things that they were talking about was after a resort like Disneyland Paris or Disneyland in Anaheim reopens, they see a real huge surge in consumer spend in the parks. Yeah. And but the thing and they and they've seen that they've seen it in Paris and in Anaheim. But what they also noted is here we are more than a year later after Disney World is opened and we're still seeing higher than normal consumer spend even in that park, which, you know, the surge would have, you know, they would have thought it'd be over. Yeah. Um, Let me ask you a question. And maybe you'll get to it. And if you will, just tell me and I'll, you know, stop worrying about it. But, you know, there's always that. That I guess it's a rumor, or maybe it was it was uh, you know fact checked, or at least put out there by the Disney company themselves. But there's something about like locals tend to go for half a day or a day and don't spend anything. They don't buy merch. But now with the reservation system in place, there is no more SoCal Pass. I wonder if that's the result of this, where it's still lower than average attendance, of course, and locals aren't. Now everybody can go. It's not just like locals sort of can can jump in whenever they want. Uh, I wonder if it, I wonder if that's part of it. It could be. I mean, they attributed the high high spend to just pent up demand from mm. from a closure, um, but it, okay. that could play a role. They didn't reference that, but um, it, it could be. Disney is also expecting because what you notice now is um, the parks are not really fully staffed. And that's actually prevented a lot of restaurants and certain locations in the parks from reopening. And they only just recently reopened the monorail, one of the monorail lines here. Um, Last week, they opened about five restaurants at Walt Disney World. So even though the resort has been open, 
it's only been operating at maybe, you know, it's 60% of its restaurant capacity. Right. <clears throat> and that's due to staffing. They haven't been able to fill these roles, but Disney does expect that by the end of the year, all of their domestic parks and resorts will be fully staffed. So we can expect everything to kind of be back to normal from that standpoint. All right. Having said all that, there could be storm clouds on the horizon for Disney park attendance. Uh-oh. Um, airlines are beginning to report small but discernible declines in demand, with Southwest Airlines reporting increased cancellations this month, along with the deceleration in close-in bookings. Um, citing the COVID variant, Frontier Airlines also cited a decrease in bookings. Southwest is one of the larger carriers in the Orlando airport. After seeing a growing number of people returning to the skies in recent months, Transportation Security Administration officials on Tuesday screened just over 1.7 million passengers at U.S. airports. That's the lowest since June 15th. Um, wow. I also spoke with a cast member who uh, works at the Magic Kingdom and remarked on a noticeable decline in crowds over the last two weeks at the Magic Kingdom. And uh, he attributed that to uh, the, the the spike in COVID cases, particularly here in Florida. Yeah. Um, wow. Disney was also speaking on um, Q3. Q3 ended two weeks ago. So they're touting all these wonderful numbers, but the, the, the situation on the ground is changing. So we're two weeks past the end of Q3, um, and the situation's fluid. New COVID cases in the U.S. Um, over just the last two weeks since the close of Q3 have risen 41% on a seven-day rolling average and haven't slowed with the U.S. just yesterday reporting its highest number of cases since February 3rd. Um, so <laughs> Q3 was rosy, but who knows if we're going to head in that direction, especially if transportation things, you know, we're starting to signal the end of that. But then also Disney World you know, the locals here kept the place in business. So it could be that they back off from travel and the, the locals take over again. Who knows what will happen? But yeah. I think I uh, I forecast that if the spike doesn't pass soon, it could be uh, troubled waters for Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's rough. Yeah, things need to uh, things need to happen for sure in a positive way, not only to keep the parks open, but to have enough people alive to go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, well, and this it's is also it. just chitter chatter, right? But um, yeah, right. I was, I think I mentioned I was at Epcot yesterday and I was overhearing some cast members chatting about, so the 50th anniversary of Disney World is coming up on October 1st. Okay. That is also the day by which all non-unionized cast members have to have been inoculated. Yes. According to Disney's new rules. And I don't know where they are in negotiations with the union at this point. I think that's still outstanding. I don't think they've announced. I haven't seen unionized anything. workers. Yeah. So, um, but what they're saying is they're, they're expecting a lot of people or there's rumors that a lot of people are going to be calling out that day who just aren't getting vaccinated. They think that they're going to have a rough, a rough time on their hands when that, that day path comes and goes. Yeah, that's interesting. I've talked to a few people in, in various, uh, you know, areas of employment, right? Healthcare and retail and whatever. And for the, the companies that they work for or their friends work for, or their family work for that have mandated vaccines for their employees, everybody gets them. There's really not like a, this shortage because I know that there's some companies who are going, well, I don't know because it's hard enough to find workers and employees I, we can't mandate because we're going to lose our workforce and then we just don't have anything. But from what I understand, this anecdotal evidence, there, there's really not that happening. People are going to, when it comes down to the wire, 
they just get it. They're going to get it because it's either yeah. like, okay, yeah, I, I can go and find another job, but there are other job seekers out there, mainly the people I work with that don't want to get vaccinated, that are going to have to go out and look for these jobs anyway. So I think, I think people are just going to stay where they are and they're just going to begrudgingly do it. And yeah. uh, that's it. Like, like uh, I think today our governor in California, Newsom, announced that all teachers in California have to be vaccinated. Okay. And I'm like, oh. awesome. That's great. I love this. Uh, it doesn't roll over through to pre-K, pre-kindergarten, but kindergarten through 12, you got to do it. I don't think we're going to see a shortage of, of teachers or anything like that. I think everyone's going to do it and, uh, you know, stuff like that. So, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. Well, there you go. Uh, Paige in the chat says that uh, school starts around August, so uh, maybe that's why there's like a less less people in the park. I'm sure that's not just one. Yeah, thing. I'm sure there's a but few. But they factors. would know. Like that would be part of their right. Like they would know. Yeah, probably. Like school starts every year in August. I may or maybe he's not used to it dropping. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. It's very interesting stuff, man. Uh, well, I appreciate you struggling through the earnings call for us, Jer. You know what? This is what I do for you people. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, I have an update here, which reads more like a story because there's sort of a lot in it. But uh, it's the ongoing drama in the very public battle between Scarlett Johansson and the Walt Disney Company. You may remember from our last show that ScarJo is suing Disney over allegedly releasing her latest film, Black Widow, to a mainly streaming audience in order to not only inflate the number of Disney Plus subscribers, which is now at like 116 million people are subscribed yeah. to Disney Plus. That is insane. So not only to inflate those numbers, but also to avoid paying Scarlett Johansson the points on the back end that her contract stipulates. Disney has never wanted to back down from a lawsuit, and this is one for the record books, as it could very well define how movie contracts are drawn up in the future. Not only for people with Disney, but on any streaming platform, especially with theaters struggling the way that they are for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And also streaming being such a big part of sort of like the end, the golden years of any sort of content. Once it hits the, the movie theaters and it's done, it's not really like big DVD sales. It's just like it goes to streaming. So how do the actors deal with that too, right? Right. Well, this week Disney decided to release a statement... And it went over about as well as plunking a barge down in the middle of Epcot. Quote, <laughs> quote, there is no merit whatsoever to this filing, referencing the lawsuit that ScarJo is suing Disney over, right? There's no merit whatsoever to this filing. The lawsuit is especially sad and distressing in its callous disregard for the horrific and prolonged global effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. Disney has fully complied with Miss Johansson's contract. And furthermore, the release of Black Widow on Disney Plus with Premier Access has significantly enhanced her ability to earn additional compensation on top of the $20 million she has received to date. Okay. This statement is a fumble for a few reasons, but mainly because it reads like they are using COVID as a cudgel to beat talent over the heads with whenever the company feels like breaking contracts. Usually Disney will respond with, uh, well, we look forward to our day in court and maybe at most it'll mention the suit has no merit, whatever the suit is about, right? But this is sort of like a whole new level and it's got a lot of people super pissed off at the company. Um, shortly thereafter, ScarJo's talent agency, CAA, released this statement in response to the one that Disney farted out. 
Brian Lord, co-chairman of the Creative Arts Agency, said, quote, they have shamelessly and falsely accused Ms. Johansson of being insensitive to the global COVID pandemic in an attempt to make her appear to be someone they and I know she isn't. The company included her salary in their press statement in an attempt to weaponize her success as an artist and a businesswoman as if that were something she should be ashamed of. Scarlett is extremely proud of the work she and all of the actors, writers, directors, producers, and the Marvel creative team have been a part of for well over a decade. Disney's direct attack on her character and all else they implied is beneath the company that many of us in the creative community have worked with successfully for decades. The latest big voice to speak in Johansson's defense is Gabrielle Carteris, the president of SAG. Oh, 90210, yeah. Oh, there you go. President of SAG-AFTRA, uh, which is Screen Actors Guild American Federation of Television and Radio Artists Union. Quote, Disney should be ashamed of themselves for resorting to tired tactics of gender shaming and bullying. Um, How did they gender shame? Well, that's a question. Um, she went on to say, Johansson is a shining, a, has been shining a white-hot spotlight on the, on the improper shifts in compensation that companies are attempting to slip by talent as distribution models changed. She added that, quote, nobody in any field of work should fall victim to surprise reductions in expected compensation. It is unreal and unjust. We are deeply concerned by the gendered tone of Disney's criticism. Women are not callous when they stand up and fight for fair pay. They are leaders and champions for economic justice. Women have been victimized by pay inequity for decades, and they have been further victimized by comments like those in Disney's press statements. Um, blah, 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 blah. And while I agree with most everything uh, she said, I didn't really read that Disney's statement as having anything to do with gender or like a gender attack. I think it's like because... ScarJo is standing up for herself and Disney saying whatever you're saying isn't true. I don't really think that that's a, that's necessarily a gender issue. I think I, I, I like yeah. if Hugh Jackman had said that or, or uh, Chris Hemsworth, I mean, I, you know, would Disney have really sort of like come out the gate smoking like that, I, I, you know, and, and, and call it what a sad, the lawsuit was a, Sad and distressing and callous. So that's what I mean. I feel like Disney is sort of just bit themselves on the ass on this with this statement. Like they should have just said it has no merit. We'll deal with it in court like they always do. But this one they decided to be emotional about. And it's yeah, very, did, very for, weird. Of these adjectives, which is peculiar. Yes. Uh, yes. Th- but this is so this is. Ultimately, this is a he said, she said, because they're saying they said your contract does not state we can't do this. She says my contract does state this. So this we I have I'm not a legal analyst analyst. I'm not an illegal Alanis Morissette, (laughs) nor have I read the contract. So I really don't know. So obviously, this is going to have to be settled in court. The statement seems weird, but this is a situation that I love. It frees me because I get to hate everyone because I (laughs) Don't have to pick sides. I can believe that at the same time, it could be true that Disney screwed her out of money. And maybe they did. Maybe they didn't. We'll find that out. But you will also have trouble finding uh, sympathy from me for someone who makes $20 million to play dress up and read lines someone else wrote. Like, I have a real hard time with that. So I just get to hate everybody here. Go away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, you're, you're definitely not wrong. You got 20 mil off rip for that. Um, you are owed more. And you're not getting it. So what do you do? You tried to renegotiate your contract. You got curbed. 
by the company who paid you. And it's like, this is your only resort. I mean, I don't know. I think that she's owed the money, but on the other hand, it, it is sort of like, I will never ever be able to argue about being ripped off for a billionth of this money, you know? And so it's sort of like other people's problems become my own because I'm a warrior. I don't know. It's it, I don't, I don't want to fall into that trap. I do find it interesting because it's like, this is exactly who the Disney company is. Right. <laughs> and I don't want, I don't mean that as a whole, but like in some parts, they're going to try to hold on to as much money as possible. Do I yeah. think that they sort of like were, uh, were deceitful with her and they just didn't answer her phone calls? Yes. But we don't know that. No, but I mean, no, I mean you exactly think you can right. think that. I can like, think that. I mean, we, yeah. I like, it's like I said, we haven't read her contract. Right. A, a judge is going to have to come down and read it and decide what actually happened but until then we're just we're just hearing the back and forth yes and right I don't know and i love it so much here. <laughs> i mean i agree with you at the same time right i i, I the day's over i agree 100 percent with you because i i think the drama is just like it's popcorn weather right. <laughs> around this. i mean and on the, the other hand of it is too is is like okay it does the the dollar amount doesn't matter it is principle that we that's why we go to court in principle if they can rip right. off her for 20 million they can rip off anyone else for any other amount and that's the precedent has to be set and 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 adjudicated but um i don't ultimately feel that bad for her because there's a lot of people who get ripped right. off that don't have the money for an attorney to sue for it oh so. my god i mean you're talking like uh you know edged out on breaks when you're working at walmart like it happens and yeah and then you can't really do anything about it you're like well Whatever. I mean, you right. can, but like you said, you don't have the money for it. So uh, it is sort of a precedent-setting thing. It's yeah. more the, the principle. And you're, principle. You're not wrong, Jer. The 21st Amendment Brewery's latest beer release, Tropical Brew Free or Die IPA, puts an island vacation in their whimsically designed cans. That's right, cans. This refreshing year-round release, Tropical IPA, is brewed with pale and Munich malts, brimming with a Zaka, Citra Cryo, and Mosaic hops, and topped with a splash of pineapple flavor. The result is a clean, refreshing beer featuring a mix of sweet malt, balanced bitterness, fruit-forward hops, and a nice tropical vacation at the finish. Tropical Brew for Your Die IPA is available at your local good beer shop, neighborhood taproom, and anywhere else people come together to find great craft beer. Thanks, Eric. All right, Jer, why don't you hit us with a story here, buddy? Oh, this is a sad one. Oh, I don't like. Sad I don't like stories. to talk. I should have. I shouldn't have led with this one. Ooh. Um, it, it might anger you, actually. Wow. On Mon- rare, rare for me to be angry at something. On Monday this week, a dog was found locked in a hot car in a parking lot at Disney's Hollywood Studios. Uh. Um, I guess you're not mad about. <laughs> It's fine. I mean, I would have been more offended if it was a cat, but yeah, I mean, you know, animals animals don't need to be locked in hot cars, man. I guess at the park stumbled upon the car and noticed the dog locked in the hot vehicle. Um, They posted about it in a Disney annual pass holders Facebook group. Um, (laughs) The guest then reported the dog to Disney security officers at the park who responded. Yeah. You know, there's an order of operations. Yeah. First you go to Facebook. Yeah. I was really, really, uh, uh, you know, concern for this animal i had this animal's well-being and welfare dead center in my mind facebook group chat let me pull up the phone instead of calling 911 or the security number on the thing you can post it in facebook first 
It seems that way. I, wow. I that's how it that's how it was reported as I read it. So it could okay. be wrong. Maybe they did report it first, but the way I read it, I was like, okay. <laughs> I really hope so. Hey guys, look what I found. I found a dog suffocating in a car. Isn't is it cool? Right. What should I do? Yeah. Comment below. <laughs> Here's a poll. Um, the guest reported the dog to Di- uh, reported the dog to Disney security officers at the park, who immediately re- immediately responded to help. Also, calling in support from the Orange County Sheriff's Office and the Reedy Creek Fire Department, and the Marines and the SWAT team in the <laughs> Air Force. Like how? Like I get it. Like how many? Like, it was yeah. like no, nothing happened. Then everything happened. Yeah, Donald Duck in his World War II outfit. <laughs> Those that Sarge isn't there a guy Sarge? From oh, Toy from Story? yeah, from Toy Story. Yeah, Sarge rolls up, and all the uh, the toys, toy soldier from uh, Toy Story. Sarge come waddling out there, but like the actors, in run, right? <laughs> in Run Disney races, like there's a there's a part where you go around like the on ramp. You run over the up the on ramp, and it's a hill. It's a grade, and Sarge is there yelling at you. Like, <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I like that. That's very funny. That's very clever. Whoever thought of that. Yeah. The dog is described as a, a small white Maltese, and upon her discovery, the rescues, rescuers noted that the dog was completely dehydrated with no moisture on her tongue. Oh, that's sad. Um, according to one account, the guests that initially saw the dog said they looked in the car after hearing a bark and saw the dog's eyes say, help. Um Rescuers yeah. estimated at the time they found the dog. It had probably only another hour or so to live. Wow. Um, the dog was rescued at 6 p.m., but a parking receipt was found in the vehicle timestamped to 11.48 a.m. Wow. Yeah. So that's six hours in that car. Um, and uh, the Orange County Sheriff's Office says no charges have been filed, uh, which is quite shocking. Um, people on social media aren't too pleased with that. But in a tweet, one of the rescuers uh, named Shane, who is actually pictured in a tweet about it, they, people posted pictures of the rescuers, and here he is with his Disney name tag on it. says Shane. Then Shane tweets. He goes, hey, that's me in the picture. <laughs> so he comes forward, and he said no charges were yeah. filed, and he couldn't comment anymore, but he did say that there's a court date set. So hmm. charges not filed, but perhaps they received some sort of ticket or citation. Uh, I don't know. If yeah, that's I, I charges filed. Yeah, like animal cruelty isn't a charge; it's a ticket or leaving a. I don't know. That's interesting. Can you get uh, ticketed for leaving a, an animal to suffer in the thing? That's. I mean, me, that sucks, man. Uh, what? A, what? These people are dumb. I don't like them. I don't like yeah. them. They they need to be get the book thrown at them. Throw the book at them. Throw, yeah. Make it a hot book too. I mean, we made, we sort of poked a little fun at the person who found them, but that is a good Samaritan right there. They did yes. they did find the dog and they reported it, which is I, I would hope any one of us would do that. Yeah. Um. But I'll tell you something. You know, I'm here in Orlando. I my car's fully air conditioned. I stop into the supermarket for 15 minutes. Just 15 minutes. You come back out and the car's already unbearable. It's really hot here. (laughs) It's not like it takes three hours to heat up. It takes five minutes. So, um, yeah, come on, people. Poor dog. Hopefully they knew what they were doing. Like, you don't, you didn't stop in and like, you know, we're just going to be in for five minutes. They're driving to like the Wawa and then they go, you know what? We're going to, we're going to just, let's pop in. Let's pop in and say hi. And then they got caught in a line and then they met Mickey and it's a whole thing. Hopefully the dog wasn't returned to them. That should be like. It was. The dog was returned to them and no charges were filed. That should be 
uh, grounds for removal of the animal, which is, you know, sometimes like laws can be overbearing, but that's one with animal cruelty. I don't think you get to mess around one strike and you're no. animalist. Yeah. yeah. This is a terrible, terrible person. So we don't like them very much. No, not at all. Uh, all right, Jared, I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. Another? Uh, yeah, well, we're going to take an actual physical break, and we're going to come right back. And I have another news story that I think is going to be very cool for you. Hang on, everybody, and we'll be right back. In-depth, reporting Disney news that's probably not made up. That's right. It's probably not made up, Jeremy. It's probably <laughs> real yeah, news. Probably and, and definitely are different things. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, well, you might remember, Jeremy, back in June of 2020, the Disney company dropped huge news on our collective plate regarding one of the most popular rides in the parks, Splash Mountain. The announcement came as social justice and equality concerns again reared up in the country and allegations of racism once again hit Splash Mountain. Petitions were signed. Twitter was in an uproar. It's just classic internet stuff here. And demands were made for Disney to retheme Splash Mountain yet again and to erase its ties with the very questionable Song of the South movie. Disney did finally announce their plans to retheme Splash into a Princess and the Frog themed ride and mentioned this decision had been in the works for over a year already. A point I sort of like to, you know, draw a line under. Because people go, that petition changed, nothing changed. Mm, (laughs) Oh, it didn't really. It was already, uh, the wheels were already in motion. So there you go. Uh, During the lockdown, many people thought it was the perfect time to make these changes. The parks were shut down already. So why not make use of this time and do some good? And as we all know, when everything reopened with Splash Mountain was still sitting pretty in the limelight. Well, thanks to the folks at the Orlando Sentinel, we now know a bit more about the timeline for the Princess and the Frog switch and why it's taking so long. Magic Kingdom Vice President Melissa Valaquette said it could actually be years before Disney fans see these changes being made. Quote, when we are reimagining a new attraction or a new area of our parks, this can be a lengthy process. There's a lot of work that goes into it, she said. I'm in a lot of meetings right now around Splash Mountain, and of course, our guests haven't seen any changes yet. That's going to take some time, she continued. The sequence of these things is that sometimes the decision can be made many months, even years, before any of that will be seen on stage. So it's going to take us a little bit of time to reimagine Splash Mountain. Valquette went on to say that behind the scenes, there's a lot of work being done. Specifically, there have been decisions made about animatronics and the ride's storyline, and songs from the movie that have been selected for the ride. Uh, She also said that she believes Disney Imagineers have created something that she feels will, quote, capitalize on what's already special about the ride and will turn it into something that people will really cherish for generations into the future. What's special about the ride is that friggin' drop. That's it. The lazy river at the end and then the drop. That's all anyone cares about. Uh, She says, I think this is... No, I like that big boat full of chickens at the end. (laughs) Right. That's the Lazy River part. I don't know. Uh, I think this is one example of something where our guests are going to have to put a little bit of trust into us uh, because we promise not to let you down. We are going to deliver a wonderful attraction that is inspiring and beautiful and worthy of this princess. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, it's not really happening. And, you know, this is something we mentioned on the show before, too, where it's like, you know, they just announced that they were going to do this and they've been working on it for a year. It's going to take a lot longer than that. Everyone's like, well, why, I expect it to be open when Disneyland opens. Like, it's not are going people, to be. 
are people stupid? They announced that Universe of Energy was going to become Guardians of the uh, Galaxy, whatever, Guardians of the Galaxy, Mission Breakout, or whatever the hell it is. Yeah. Five years ago. It is a mud pit to this day. <laughs> like, guys, this company can't do things fast anymore. I know Walt yeah. built an entire theme park in a year. Those days are gone, all right? Yeah, they went the way of Walt, man, for sure. Enough- I mean, Epcot has been a big pit of mud for two years. Like, but they thought that they were going to wave a wand and this thing was going to show up all and be perfect. <laughs> Are you stupid? Yeah. Okay. They slapped Frozen on Maelstrom at Epcot, but we can tell that's a big pile of crap. Yeah, and I think that's why they take their time with it because, as fans of the park, we expect way, way more than just the average like cardboard cutout. Right. especially for a marquee attraction like yeah. splash mountain like they can't right. just <laughs> phone that in no they really can't man yeah come on guys yeah get with it step it up a little bit <laughs> anything else jerry you got something that's it all right i got one more and sort of Whoa. piggybacks on what you were talking about yeah there's a, a tiktok which apparently tiktok is the um is the way that uh, news breaks these days Especially in the parks. I don't know why. Uh, There's a video that was reportedly filmed at Disney World that shows various parts of the theme park covered in trash amid claims of a labor shortage. A clip surfaced on TikTok from user James LeMay, which claims to have been shot at the brand's flagship park in Orlando, Florida. I don't know that Disney World is the flagship park, is it? It is 100% the flagship park. Are you kidding me? I don't know. I think it might be DCA. Um, tourists, can DCA. Be- <laughs> <laughs> tourists can be seen milling around wearing Mickey Mouse ears, uh, flanked by trash cans overflowing with garbage. Bottles and empty packets cover the lids of bins with rubbish spilling over onto the floor. You can tell this is like from an English uh, author because they say packets and trash cans are bins and trash is rubbish. And it's just this whole like. You know. Yeah, and they t- call the ground the floor. Yeah, I need uh, I need the Rosetta Stone to figure out what's going on here. Families <laughs> are seen walking past wrappers, packets, drink cartons, straws, and tissues, which have been strewn across nearly every surface. I wouldn't go that far. Um, then it cuts to footage of plastic bottles floating in the water at one of the ten lakes. And then it cuts to uh, a shot of the floor inside a gift shop with the carpet looking like it could do with a vacuum. And uh, the on-screen text says the labor shortage has hit Disney World. And there's a lot of people in the comments saying, like, maybe they shouldn't have fired everybody about six months ago and, you know, all that kind of, you know, good hot takes that the Internet is known for. So anyway, I just wanted to ask you and get your opinion. You've been to the parks more than anybody. Have you seen this kind of trash or is this like a one-off sometimes, like, custodial is just too busy and uh, maybe there's a code v over here and someone needed help here and they just can't get to this section of the park yet and some uh some person some internet journalist decided to capture the moment but what do you see uh so yes there is an increase in this okay interesting. um they're, they're on to something it's not rampant um i noticed it mostly um, after Happily Ever After, the nighttime fireworks spectacular at the Magic Kingdom, and when everybody cleared out, you know, we were still kind of there taking pictures or whatever, and the ground was covered <laughs> in cups and bottles and plants. Oh, I was, man. And I was like, wow, this is really bad that people just left stuff here. But is it, and, is it the people or is it the lack of custodial? So then 
you look over and the garbage cans are heaving. Oh, you man. can't get anything else in them. Wow. And so I think part of it is, and then, and then, you know, how quickly do they have staff, you know, normally you picture Disney world, the minute a show ends, they're sweeping, you know, they're like in, right. Yeah, right. It's, you did like, there wasn't anyone there doing it right away. It was like, what's going on here? I mean, they did, they got to it, but I think it's a staffing. Um, mm. It's a staffing situation. Okay. Interesting. So, right. But I think it's not crazy. But there's like those times where you see it. And you're it like, oh. happens. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Especially in high traffic areas, I would imagine. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. But, you know, I also think people need to be a little bit more like, look, you can throw stuff away too. Not all the garbage cans are heaving. I don't, I've never, I have been in the parks and thrown things away and never thrown them directly on the ground. I find a garbage <laughs> can. And put it in there. Right. Yeah. So part of it is the people. Yeah, for sure. And what I would do in situations like that, and I've done this before, not necessarily at Disneyland, but in other places, you hold on to the garbage that you have in your hand until you find a garbage can that is not full. Not hard to do. Yeah. This isn't a movie theater where, like, I just open my hand and let it go. <laughs> yeah, and the excuse for that is always like, well, we need to keep these people working. We need to get jobs. I'm just creating jobs by, <laughs> by leaving my half-empty bin of popcorn strewn everywhere. So these no, or I paid people. $30 to be in this movie theater and you're picking up my garbage. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I saw Jungle Cruise. <gasps> Me too. And I'm really nervous to have this conversation, but go ahead, please. Do you want to have it on the air? Yes. Yeah, I will tone, I will tone my opinion down because I'm tired of getting harassed about it. Go ahead. It sucks. It really does. <laughs> it's... Awful. It's very bad, buddy. I'm so disappointed in it. Did you? This is what I was thinking the whole time we were in the theater. Yeah. By the way, hold on. If you guys haven't seen the movie and you want spoil, you don't want spoilers. Just end it now. Pause tune it. Out, tune come out back because I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna spoil. Sorry. Go ahead, Jeremy. Um. Did you ever see the 1999 version of the original version of The Mummy with Brendan Fraser? Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you've seen that, you don't need any spoilers to Jungle Cruise. It is the <laughs> exact same movie with Jungle Cruise jokes. That's it. Yeah. Think about it. Like headstrong British female scientist with her brother who's a bit of a dandy, head off to some exotic locale to be guided to, to uncover some mystical legend guided only by a, a beefcake with wisecracks, Brendan Fraser. Beefcake. And then the undead protect this legend. Then they have to click a thing into a thing, and then everything is unleashed. And then they pull a lever, and a whole city rises up out of the water, or in the case of the mummy, a sand. Every it was almost scene for scene the mummy. I, I will rewatch the mummy and figure that out. What what I got from it was it was a female Indiana Jones mixed with Pirates of the Caribbean and then dumbed down because you had <laughs> like you said you know you had a a, a, a um, what am I trying to say um, a not a reactionary but a very a clever treasure hunter stealing art an artifact from a society or in, in Indiana Jones parlance, the museum, right? Where it needs to be stored and collected. Um, this person goes, she takes it and then, you know, finds a crew and, and, you know, does this whole thing in the jungle. There's a evil German 
after <laughs> after them, okay, in a submarine, which, yep, the submarine in the Amazon. And, uh, you know, and then you have the Pirates of the Caribbean side, you have the supernatural people, the undead, who are, who take form of the area that killed them. So one guy's made of bees and the other guy's yeah. made of snakes. And it just reminded me of like Davy Jones. Yeah. Where, and it's like, are we, we're just rehashing stuff. And it, so it was, it was that, it was unfunny. I like the rock, but I don't think he's a comedic actor. He had no, it was just cardboard boy. There was no chemistry. Uh, Emily Blunt, I didn't think did a, an amazing job. I liked her brother better. I liked uh, Paul Giamatti the most. He was the best. He saved the movie for me. It was just like I don't and like at the whole first twenty minutes. I was literally sitting here going, "Oh gee, I I bet that uh, the jungle cat fight is. I bet they're friends." And then five minutes later, oh. it's like the thing, and it's like literally everything that comes by, or like when he breaks into the office and she's like, and she, she's like asking about him, like, "Oh okay, so he's going to pretend to be the the owner of the boat." And it's like, are we? It, it was it was just. And then instead of jumping in the water, she looks up and I'm like, okay, she's not going to, she's going to go zip tie. And I'm like, God, dude, this is just painful. It was a painful, painful <laughs> thing to watch. And it was not good. And it was convoluted. It took three people to write this. And I think that's part of the problem with movies these days. They want these big blockbusters. So it needs to be com- confusing and convoluted. And it's, there's too many enemies. Have the German guy or the supernatural people. I could not agree more. There was at one point in the movie where I was like, what has happened? Like, I don't even know what the goal of this is. (laughs) What they're doing. Neither did I. There's too many bad guys. There's too many bad guys. And, you know, if you so long and if you liked it, that's cool. Like everyone in the chat saying, well, I don't really care. I really liked it. That's cool. I, 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 I should have prefaced this. Everybody who listens to the show now should understand but I have like a really weird and oddly heightened sense of, uh, or maybe a heightened threshold about what I think is a good movie and not whether or not that translates to what you feel. I, I don't know. I'm not saying these things to attack anybody who likes the movie. Um, it's just my opinion on it, how I think it could have been better and how similar it was and how sort of it just missed the mark for me. I wanted it to be better than it was and yeah. it was like the only relation to the Jungle Cruise was, he, I mean, just even theoretically, right? Let's say this guy set up all these little traps to the backside of water. Every time he gives a tour, he has to then go back out and reset those things up. And it's like, are you serious? And then how did he talk? It's just those kind of things play through my mind because I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit twisted like the Joker. See that we differ in that. So I thought it was the mummy with the jungle cruise overlay, but that's not my biggest criticism of it because I don't mind being told the same story over and over again. I wasn't really that worried about that. Yeah. But my problem, and I actually, one of the things, you know, my friends and I remarked about was we were in for the first 30 to 45 minutes. I was laughing. I loved it. I thought the casting really? was great. I loved the jokes. I loved the way that he was like this crazy jungle. Sc- I'm like, yeah, I'm bo- on board. Ow. But at a certain point in the movie, I was like, there's so many conflicting stories. Like, yes, edit it up, tighten it up, 
give me one storyline. This is a Disney movie. Like kids need to be able to follow this. I'm, I, I had no idea what was going on. Yes. I was sitting there thinking about what else I could be doing right now. I was <laughs> bored. And I was like, can this just end? Like, I feel like this just needs to be over. I want to get out of here. The guy who played the German, I thought he was very, very good. And, you he know, was very good. But like sort of when they were chasing around those cul-de-sacs or the, the little bends in the river, river trying to get out, like you know, the rope falls in or the cable falls in. I go, okay, so the sub's going to get caught on this cable. And like five minutes later, that's what happens. And it's like, and I'm not saying I'm a genius and it doesn't take a genius to figure this out, but it's, it's very obvious. And that's what I don't like about movies that do that. They play down to the lowest common denominator for gags. And I think that this movie could have done a lot better if it was just a little more clever about stuff, like if you're getting into, if you're writing yourself into a position where the only way out is the most obvious thing, then whatever you're writing about is broken and you need to rewind it a little bit and take a different path to get yourself out of that situation. That's the way I feel about it. But again, another thing I have to keep in mind, these movies are not made for me. They're not. They're just they're made for people to take their family to. And by all accounts, everybody who I know that has seen it with kids, the kids loved it. So, uh, you know, it's just, I can only express my opinion. Go see it. Let me know. Tell me I'm wrong, please. Email me, Jason at earsup-podcast.com. Tell me how I'll tell you why you're wrong right now. Because Walt said we don't play down. Walt had a theory that you don't play down to children. You let them rise to you. Correct. So but Walt- this plays down to kids. This, this totally, I didn't get this. What kid is going to get this? They may have liked the, the, the big character, like the big funny cat, whatever. But like no one's following that story. It made no sense. It was so convoluted. And I'm yeah. always, I'm stupid. When I'm in the movie theater, I'm always the person who's like, is that the killer? Like I have no, <laughs> no idea, right? And I, like you, I was like, he's friends with this big tiger. Yes. Like, give me a sure. break. And then when he got captured by the friggin' natives, I'm like, okay, and the natives are in on it. And I, first of all, I called it. They, they, they all get captured. The native, the chief comes down. I go, okay, that's a woman and uh, their friend. And it's just like, bam, in, instantly. And I'm like, can I just be any better? And then they called her Trader Sam. And I was like, I didn't expect that. And there's a twist. I won't spoil that. But that was a good twist. So there were parts that were cool. But like, you tell me one lever drains an entire basin of a river and like you're an ancient uh, people and you can have the power to dam up the river in order to build this I just, it just, yeah. this is the kind of thing that I want is I want to know, I hate backstory, but I wanted, I wanted shots back then of the civilization constructing this. I would love to see how this worked. Oh, speaking of backstory, yeah. that was another thing. We had to listen to hours and hours of each, <laughs> all of them explaining the backstory. And like, then I went here and then I came here and then I was looking for this. I was like, I don't want to sit here and listen to someone <laughs> tell me a story. I want to watch it. Yeah. All yeah. the good stuff was like them telling me stories. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, like I oh, said, there were good parts. The uh, Emily Blunt's brother was rad. The German dude was rad. Paul Giamatti was rad. Everything else was not good, in my opinion. There you go. Yeah. That's it. Was it? But our opinion is what matters most. Yeah, I th- just I think <laughs> I don't know. This is when I struggle with it because it's like, you know. I, I like to give my opinion. Uh, I do need to do a little bit better about how I deliver that opinion. Um, but also, you know, I, I don't know. Eh, whatever. I don't know. I'll tell you what, though. When we watched it, it had a audience score on Rotten Tomatoes of 94. That was two days ago. Today, it's a 92. So it keeps going down and down and down. And Taryn was like, I think people are rating it high because they were excited to see a movie. Anything. 
And so they loved it. And then now I think people are like seeing it, uh, expecting something good. I think you have two people, uh, two types of people who see it in the first week now and go, I just want to get out of the house and go to the movies. And then other people who watch it and go like, I wanted it. They did. You go in with an expectation. So if you if you haven't seen it, don't go in with any expectation, and you're gonna have a good time. Maybe. <laughs> All right, everybody. Don't go in with any expectation that you're ever gonna want to see it again. True. That is 100 <laughs> percent true. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs>